Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. Welcome to The Normal 40. My name is Lon Strohschein, founder of The Normal 40, and I am glad you're here. I'm going to be your lead pilot, your captain, if you will, on this episode of Normal 40, the podcast. Hey, look, this is episode two of what is going to be at least a three-part, actually at least a two-part, probably a three-part podcast uh, with, with um, Jeff Donaldson. Jeff is a dude who, in September of 2022, reached out to me. He was He did what so many people do, the went to my website, asked for a free call, and he and I scheduled 30 minutes. And an hour and 20 minutes later, we were completed with our first call. Usually, when I get on those phone calls, it's me asking a whole bunch of questions and me in listen mode and me trying to just piece it together, what it is that they're really wrestling with, and then read it back to them in a way that helps them to kind of put some element of um, meat on, on the bones of, of, of what it is that they're they're trying to come to terms with. Jeff was different. Jeff came to me and he started interviewing me. Like I was interviewing for my own job at my own company that I started just months prior to this phone call. But it came from this place of goodness, this place of sheer goodness. And it didn't take me long to realize that this guy had a lot of experience. He was asking great questions and he was making me think through things levels deeper than I was thinking through them on my own. And so I I established in that first phone call that this is a guy I want to get to know a little bit more. So also in that first phone call, I realized that there was something about Jeff that was also interesting as I was trying to decide and decipher and size up. What's Why is this guy reaching out to me? What is it that he sees in what I write and what I communicate about that has compelled him to reach out to me? Because by the time a guy reaches out to me, they they are wrestling with something. There's something in them. Nobody schedules a call and just says, well, I don't know. You seem like a good dude. I want to talk to you. No, that doesn't happen, man. Look, if you're to the point where you're contacting me, there is something in you. There's a calling. There's a feeling. There's an angst. There's an anxiety. There is something inside of you that you can't define. You can't articulate. You don't know how to address and you don't know how to uncover. So you call this random guy from the internet, hoping that maybe, just maybe this guy can help you figure it out. Well, that was Jeff. So I knew he was wrestling with something, but we spent the entire first conversation, last week's podcast, we played it in its entirety. We spent that entire conversation where we didn't talk about him. He did not want to talk about him and I knew it. Okay, so at the end of the last podcast, we said, let's do this. Let's schedule another hour and we're going to ramble. We're going to talk about you though, Jeff. We're going to talk about you and we're going to ramble. And he said, okay, 
Well, I want you to know that we did that one one week later. So in roughly uh, end of September, 2022, uh, maybe October, he and I rambled. And the intent was for me to spend a good 60 minutes just rambling with the guy and helping him work through some of the things that that he needed to work through. And I had no idea what they were. None. Zero. We didn't talk about it the first podcast. What happened is we talked for an hour and 50 minutes. The first 50 minutes of that conversation was more of Jeff coming at me with what's normal 40. How'd you start it? How did you how did you construct the language? How are you able to understand what people are thinking? How did you come up with the words that get inside of people's minds that get them to think bigger about themselves? And he was just so fascinated about the process. And for 50 minutes, he and I rambled on me again. There again, this guy had this guy had a talent. Well, I'm not going to play any of that for you. You know what? I might actually put it up in kind of the after show notes because it's it's pretty good. If you want to know the ins and outs of Normal 40, if you want to actually see the diagrams of where it started, you want to see my initial sketches, you want to see the blueprint of what Normal 40 is and how it it came to me on a Saturday morning sitting on my sun porch. Yeah, then that's a good ramble. But that's not what we're here to talk with you about as it relates to my friend Jeff Donaldson. So here's what here's why this is important. Where you're going to pick up this story in just a few minutes isn't the beginning of our conversation. It's about 50 minutes into our conversation. So when you come in, it's going to feel like it's just kind of a thud. But I want you to know you've got to you've got to appreciate that we're already 50 minutes into this. Actually, 48 minutes and 52 seconds is where I cut in. But this is where we finally get into Jeff. This is where we finally get into the stuff he's wrestling with, the stuff that actually brought him into my Zoom call into the ramble initially to begin with. And you will see, you'll see what it is. You'll hear him talk about it. You'll hear he's using his own language. You'll hear him talking about failure. You'll hear him talking about what he wants to be around, what he aspires to be and what is holding him back. And he knows it and why he's so mad about the fact that he can't do anything to protect himself from it. We talk all the way through it and my hat's off to this guy for letting us, letting us post this. But I want you to know, that Jeff's conversation is unique, is unique because it's his and because he's letting us all hear it. These are not unique conversations to me. I have the awesome responsibility and the awesome blessing to be the guy that um, so many of you reach out to, to share where it is you're at. And I've been armed with the talents and the gifts to help people, some people, wrestle their way through it. And it is a, one of my life's greatest blessings to be that person for so many people. So here we go. I'm going to drop you into the conversation at the 48-minute point, and you're going to get into the rest of the ramble with me and Jeff Donaldson. Here we go, people. I will see you on the backside of the podcast. Uh, right now, what I do is more traditional in nature as far as just consulting, but it's, it looks somewhat like an ad agency or a marketing agency and somewhat like growth consulting where I'm just connecting dots, dots that I've either experienced or that clients are giving me. And then, you know, either I'm putting them together or I'm managing teams of creatives and things like that, that are creating things. And, and so it's just 
different enough than a traditional model that it get, keeps me excited. And cause I, I don't like to do standard things. Um, I think because I, I don't want to be judged. I want to be revered, but I don't want to be judged negatively. So I change things just enough that they're not like someone else has done them. And that way, if it's the first time it's being done, how can you judge me for being a failure or a success because it's never been done? I finally saw a pattern in my life where I've done it over and over and over and over in the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world. Right now I'm sitting in a place where I could literally create whatever the hell I want. Now my wife has gone back to the corporate world and finally timing of getting options and all that stuff that we had been chasing. She finally hit it right and is uh, nothing's guaranteed obviously, but has finally gotten to that point where she's the, the C-suite with the equity and all those things that will probably result in millions. But, and that just is a way to say that I don't even have the financial pressure like I used to, but I can't, I'm almost paralyzed. I can't get off my ass. So I have let, I have almost uh, let a few clients go or I should say I kind of down deep feel like I sabotaged it so they would leave and over like the course of a year and then they would leave and I'd be like, it's okay, we'll get other clients. And then I never went and got other clients. And so our business has gone down in size, which has given me more time, more flexibility, especially with the kids in this stage. And I am a big part of my role right now is the parenting. It's the college searches, it's the scholarships, it's the, you know, um, recruiting, sports recruiting, all that stuff. And our kids will be out of the house next year. And consciously, my wife and I made, we talked about it and I was like, well, I'll do that. I'll take that on. My, my world is more flexible. And, but down deep, I'm sitting on these kind of either product ideas or even philanthropic ideas and not doing shit with them. And so I productize like five or six of the things that we have used for decades. Like I do workshops to help companies figure out their audience, their message, kind of their, 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 their brand, basically like, what do they stand for as a brand? How do they talk about it? Who are they talking to? All that stuff. We, my business partner and I, uh, I don't know, 12 years ago, made a workbook and I've been using it ever since. And, um, and so I turned it into a product that people could buy. Um, I have a 12 month social media calendar in a spreadsheet form, a Google sheet form that is populated with 365 days of social media post ideas, plus quotes and links to images and you name it that I know entrepreneurs would want to spend 50, 60 bucks on to run, you know, no one really knows how to do social and everybody knows they need to do it. But for consultants or entrepreneurs with businesses, probably under a million bucks, like these tools that could help them grow and do it themselves, do it for themselves, not just to be dependent on an agency or a freelancer, but they could do this themselves if they had the right tools. 
And I am so petrified to put it out there because it just any negative feedback and negative feedback could be silence is so just seems so horrendous to me as a potential the risk to my ego has nothing to do with money it is only ego the risk to my ego seems so big that I've probably spent 15 grand over the last couple of years just dabbling on the outside of it, hiring another digital person to put the email automation together because I claim I don't know how to do it. And then another designer to design another piece and like, but I haven't actually put myself at risk to go do it. And I don't know if I came up with this in reverse order, but, or, you know, just to justify it or not, but at least what I have, what I created as far as like, why would I even want to go do this? I know the things that I am capable of can help people by helping their companies, but it helps the person to overcome an obstacle or just to connect dots for them so that then they're like, son of a bitch, I never thought of it that way. Now I'm going to go do this. Kind of like your visual, just now that I have that in my head, I see some things so differently right now. So I, I am very confident that what I am special at can help people. And so the idea of helping 10,000 companies instead of eight is really exciting to me. And I, um, and so I, I know that there are millions of small business owners or people running their own side hustles or consulting gigs or whatever it is that are stuck in the business. But a lot of times it's their own self talk that's got them stuck. Just like it, I'm stuck, not because I don't have eight ways to monetize it. We're, I, I crossed the million dollar mark last year just by working out of the home and like, you know, that and and selling marketing. So it's it's my own talk about myself that is in the way of the growth of my business. So these tools, the way I framed them up is that it's self-help. It's like business self-help tools. It's it's the shit that's in your head that's getting in the way of your business. So why not get the shit in your head? out of the way it's called focus finder so that because i have a hard time focusing so in little chunks i can focus i could come up with a new business model in 20 minutes if we started right now but if you gave me a month it wouldn't get done you know like you said before like you can crank out shit like that diagram but if you had it to work on for a month you pro you probably would not have been able to do it um and I know that I am in that. I am incredibly clear and it's ticking louder than ever. I'm on that clock uh, and I'm at the seven. And that's not even motivation enough for me to, to, do, to take action. I don't get it. So 
I have been the last year at least very much more heavily in therapy and talking with very close friends. They're not even friends, but they're more like that top first, top five and bottom 5% people. Um, they're kind of like family because they're so close. I've been going deeper and deeper into, into the why of all this mindset stuff. But I think that might be a lifelong journey to figure out. It's not like there's an answer and boom, oh shit, okay, now I'm going, now I'm ready. So I wanted to f ask you about that because you have experienced in the last five years that pinnacle of being at the top of your game, being in the corporate world, having those things around you. I've stepped, there's kind of like a, if that were step one or two, I might be at two A where I left all that recreated it, found success in that independent world and then got comfortable in the independent world and now need to take a step even further into another, a second version of the leap. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes more sense than you'd think. So I've got a how long has it been since you worked for an agency? Um, must have rang. No, they, we, we put like frosted film or whatever on half the front window so that we thought we were blocking them from seeing everything out front. They figured out how to like just get one inch above it. So they just like saw somebody in the street. But, um, so for an agency, it's been a long time for on the, so I went, I was at Coors. Uh, um, I did marketing at Coors Brewing Company. And then I left there and went to Crocs, the shoe company there here in Boulder. I left Crocs and that was when I started my first, my own thing. And then from there, it's gone back and forth from, I did my own thing for like eight years. A, a similar version of this agency thing, kind of a collective model, freelance model. Um, but then I went back to a brand and I ran the marketing for three years. Then I left again, did my own thing, went back to a brand. So I, I've bounced. I haven't been at a, someone else's agency for 18 years um, or 20 years, but I've bounced back and forth between the corporate world and my own thing yeah. six times, like three on each side. And this is the latest version of my own thing. And how long ago did the latest version uh, of your own thing start? So at the begin, so four years ago, my wife was doing it full time and I was side hustling, but I ran the marketing at the same time for this brand here, beverage brand. So that was four years ago. And then three years ago, I left that and went full time on this. Out of necessity, we had... We couldn't keep up. It was it was um, June of the pandemic, so if that was March, where all kids got like sent home for school, then June we had so much work that I couldn't keep the full time thing, and so I was like, "Fuck it, we're gonna both." So we both were doing the family business. We made it a family business, and then a year later, she went, or maybe fifteen months, she then went full time with a client, and I took it over, and I've been running it for the last two years. All right. So, um,
when you think about customers and projects and, you know, let me ask a different question. Why did you reach out to me? Because you reached out to me beyond curious. You weren't just curious. That was part of it. But you were motivated, man. To reach out to you? You were, the way you came across to me was curious. And I get that all the time. And I, I, but you and very few people reach out curious and motivated. And you reached out to me motivated a buy or for something. And I'm, I'm wondering if you can peel that onion back. Good question. So you represent, so you hear a lot of people tell you, by the way, you still have a half hour. Yeah. You knew that we were going to go way past that, huh? Yep. The, the hour mark. When you said it, I'm like, I don't want to agree with him, but I know he's right. Um, so you mentioned this a few times. You hear it a lot where people, they wonder how you got in their head and you say the words that they would have said or written or whatever. The way your brain works and your view on things and connecting dots is very similar to the way my brain works. And um, uh, I mentioned to you before that like you, um, you end up really trying to squash down what is unique about yourself or oneself if it doesn't fit into a normal, um, the normal constraints and sorry. Um, and when I started seeing what you were writing, it was like, um, you weren't shying away from that. And, and so I wanted to be around it. Uh, and I could already tell that you weren't going to have a shortage of motivating people or helping people. And, um, and I wanted to be around that too. Like I want to be motivated and inspired and that kind of stuff, but that's nothing compared to how much I want to get like millions of people if I could off their asses and doing what they want to do. So I think I was motivated at the, um, what I saw that you had done very quickly was you were lighting sparks under who knows how many people because you have 11,000 following, but you, I would bet you've made an impact in 100,000 people already and you don't know it. Um, and so I, I am definitely stuck where I am and I feel the pressure, my own pressure putting on myself more than ever because of that clock. But I also am sad that 
I can't get out of my own way to do something, you know, to do something about it because I do it for a living. I do it for other people for a living. So when I saw you doing it, I was like, fuck, I, I just want to be closer to that, to you and to whatever energy you're putting out there because it is a strong positive powerful energy that you're putting out there um so that that was the motivation it wasn't motivation to build the following it wasn't a motivation to get a job it wasn't a motivation to even find a project it was bigger than me um and uh that's why i didn't hesitate and i probably i know i wrote things or said things that i normally wouldn't have to people that I was glad you were open to it, but that was why, because it was something, what you're doing is huge, you know, that, and I know you don't claim ownership of it and responsibility of it and all that. You're just, uh, the guide, like you said, but it's huge. So that was the motivation. What did you hope might come of it? I had no idea. Good. I normally do, and I normally have a very specific reason or goal, but I didn't on that. I find it interesting, just reading back through, I mean, we're rambling here at this point. Um, that you've got products that you keep putting um, back. I'm trying to find the, the trigger. I thought the trigger would be yeah, having man. stuff. Let's talk not. about that. That's where I was going to go. What do you think it is? I have no fucking idea. I thought, I mean, I know that. No, hold on. What? Before you say you don't know. No, I said I know. Oh, you do know I the trigger. I know in the past, I know money has been the trigger. I believe I am putting myself in a place of not having money, like fewer clients, fewer employees, so that I have no choice but to launch something. And that's not even doing it. I mean, I literally am playing games with myself to find the trigger. And I don't think, I think it's something... I think it is the, it's my own view of myself that is the thing, the trigger. It's not the external, it's the intrinsic thing that is getting in the way. It's not the extrinsic either money or, it literally is, the stuff is sitting there. I even got, I'm still sitting on 200 grand I got from the SBA as a um like the uh we weren't we didn't have payroll at the time so i couldn't do a ppp loan but i got 200 grand in the freaking uh eidl or whatever it is the um it's it's uh like a two percent loan i'm sitting on it that that is all for advertising to drive the sales of these products i have not touched it for, it's been a year and five months that i've that I got the cash in the bank. I thought that would be the trigger. 
I literally have the money to promote it and go with it. And I have it. It's very weird. I fucking talk about it all the time. I mean, I talk about it as if it's a million dollar business. The people around me think it's, I mean, they know that we haven't done anything with it, but uh, we have status meetings on it. Like when we have a whole status meeting for client stuff, this thing is on the list still. And um, so it it is interesting to me. I don't know. I, I haven't known what has gotten me stuck. But when you said ramble, it was the first thing that came to mind, which is what is in the way? Because I haven't found it. I haven't solved it. And that also intrigued me that I could see when you... I've seen enough of these content businesses or other things that it fascinates me when someone has got such value to provide and all they need are the tools. And you and I have been talking the last few times about those for you. I, I am sitting on them. And it isn't enough. You indicated that these these were million dollar ideas in your words are they um i've done the math to see how to get there and i believe there are multiple millions because it's scalable. Okay. And that still isn't apparently enough motivation. It's not, it is enough. It just can't defeat the thing that's holding it back. Right, right. Um, and I also am a all or have been an all or nothing kind of guy. Um, it is a tool in my toolbox I've used that's gotten me to this point, whether good or bad, the therapist thinks it's bad, but um, an all or nothing, if I can't figure it out, I just usually fucking jump right into it. Or in this case, I've stepped way back from it. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time finding a way to just dabble. So tell me about that failure you haven't told me about yet. <laughs> it is a uh, sequence of failures that um, let's say it's a sequence of failures from on the clock from the four to the six. Um, they're all related. They all compounded comp on one on top of another. And I carry a shitload of responsibility and guilt for those um 
and am working through with help working through the process to try to see the reality of those that series of failures to try to unlock a more realistic view of my responsibility in them and my shame in them. So I do believe that what I've built up around myself, the armor I've built up around myself is actually just a really thick layer of shame. And that is what keeps me in my place. Um, series of failures, personal or professional or combination? Both. Were they really failures? Um, if you define a failure as making a repeated mistake instead of learning from and happening before, yeah. Some were directly related to my actions or my behaviors. Some were out of my control and um, I just took responsibility for them. Some, a couple of them, I think, like we went bankrupt. I look at it, think back to the decisions we made. And granted, you know, 2008 and 2009 was in there too. So I know that there were some things out of my control, but... Um, in the grand scheme of things, uh, uh, they are, I'm pretty sure they're not the failures that I've built them up in my mind. And I'm pretty sure that I'm not as responsible as I built up in my mind, but my entire life, I learned quickly and then perfected that if I take responsibility for everything, everybody else's emotions, outcomes of everything, not only does it make me feel more important, but it drives me to keep achieving. So I got to the six o'clock on the clock by being the, res the one responsible for everything. So that is an interesting additional layer to your clock, which is the how, how, how do people get to that point? I got there. One of the driving forces of what got me to the six is that inheritance. And I used it and I ran with it. But when I got to the six, maybe the seven, I realized that it was actually killing me. The guilt, the shame, the energy I use thinking that I am responsible for everything outside of me was, is still killing me. So you talk about series of failures. Um, and I want you to just think about them. And then I want you to answer this question. Um, 
how is your life better because of them? I already know. What do you got? I am surrounded by, I wouldn't be talking to you if I hadn't gone through those things. Okay. I, I wouldn't have had the experience I've experiences I've had with my kids that are like, they bring tears to my eyes. They're so amazing. Um, I wouldn't have those experiences had I not gone through what I went through. Like there, I see, I see, and I'm grateful for the outcomes. And there are positives in every case. But, and in addition to those outcomes that I'm grateful for, <clears throat> I've reserved a little dose of shame and responsibility just to keep it close in case I need it. And that's what kicks in as soon as there is fear and risk. That's like, oh yeah, time for us to step in. And so it's like the gratitude and the, the gratitude for what I have now, relationships and tangible things and even my own thoughts and beliefs. I see that I've come a long way and I have, I'm more empathetic now because of what I've gone through. Like there are emotions I have that came from those experiences. That is living alongside the shame and guilt. They're, they're literally side by side. And if I'm not careful, I let the shame and guilt take over and run things. Totally normal. Yeah. And I think that I am, I am um, that epitome of the pleaser to try to make a difference in people's lives. But that means that anything that is, that risks the perception of pleasing is a bad thing. So if I were to put something out there in the world, like these tools that could help people, but there is a chance that I'm going to upset anyone or, or not exceed their expectations and blow them away. I'm not having anything to do with it. I'm going to gin rummy the hell out of this thing or I'm not going to play the game. And I don't know if that's it. You don't? I think that's a, I think that's a distant third. Why we'll so? What's the second? We'll get to that. Uh, so just really quick though, we're talking about what you, what do you learn from these? You know, how's your life improved? How is it better? Because of these things and, and awareness and presence is, is what I'm hearing. And so you've got, you've got your inheritance and you've got your endowment and part of your endowment is this shit you go through. It's yeah. It's how you feel in the moment, but it's all the things, the good and the bad, the, the happy and the sad that have built you into who you are in this moment. And what you do with who you are in this moment to live your next moment is what the normal 40 is. And so I'm, I'm wondering how, how do you want to take the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, and how do you want to use it? At this point, you can view it as a curse. And I'm hearing you, you that is my word, not yours. You, you're yeah, yeah. wearing it. It's a weight. It's still a weight on you. I can hear it. Yeah. You're wearing it. And you're going to continue to wear it 
until the moment you say, fuck it, this is my superpower. And because of this, I can help these people do these things, whatever it is. And I'm curious, how do, how do you want to use it? With your skills and your natural gifts and your brains and your articulation and in all the stuff you've got, how do you want to use that shit in a way that makes you feel good? I don't know. I have, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I've started using it by sharing it, you know, even in conversations like this and people that are close to me, I'm not shy to talk about those experiences to try to help other people who may have gone through some things or haven't gone through them yet, but, um, and why do you share it with them? Uh, for one, because it's not something people talk about and it seems taboo for no fucking reason. And so, like I told you before that, that drives me nuts. So I share it to try to break that open so that people get an opportunity to hear it and then maybe they'll do the same for somebody else and it can spread but also just so that they don't feel alone if there's a chance that they're feeling it. And, um, because I never, no one ever would talk like this to me. Um, and I wish they had, but, uh, but I don't know other than deciding to be open about some of those things. I don't know a I'm thinking on the business side I don't know a structured way to use the gifts I have I mean I'm, I'm I do feel blessed that I'm using the gifts I have to make to to do something with it um in my business but I feel like I haven't even tapped into 20 percent of it I what, what? you haven't tapped into 20 percent of what I have not exceeded 20% of my potential of what, of scooping up all this stuff and putting it to work. It feels to me that I've got another 80% of value and impact I can make. And I haven't used it. Who do you want to give it to? Who? Yeah. People. I don't know. What do you want to help them avoid? I don't know. For some reason, the word avoid stuck out. I don't know if it's avoid, but um, what I want to help them feel or do is to put some power in their hands. I had the most, uh, yeah, I've had the most, um, 
amazing experience in January. We had major fires sweep through Boulder. Um, a thousand houses burned down. A thousand families lost their houses on December 31st or January 1st. And I couldn't sit still. Um, and over the course of eight weeks, ended up mobilizing about 30 or 40 brands to donate about $4 million worth of new products, the North Face and Vans, a lot of the companies that are here in Colorado. And I teamed up with a buddy of mine who, um, he handled the cash side. We got about a, th a million and a half in cash. We gave it out to all these families. We had them come in and do and shop. We, we got warehouse spaces donated. We had three storefronts. This was, and then, you know, month four, like in March, it was gone. It was done because it was literally like this major pop-up thing. I was, I, all of my time went to it. I told all our clients, I'm not going to be here. I handed over everything to my employees. I didn't see my family much. Like I was in heaven and I didn't know a single one of these people. And I remember I didn't believe when people were telling me and they still email and they're like, you know, you gave my kids and us our quote unquote first now people, they lost everything, every piece of clothing, a lot of people, their pets burned in the houses, like the fire came through that fast. And they were like, you gave us our first outdoor gear, our first replacement pair of boots so we could all hike together or our ski jackets or our bikes or whatever. I didn't believe them that it was that big of a deal. I think I didn't want to let it go to my head. But my wife said, we need you back. We need you enough, enough of the Marshall fire families, your family needs you. And I was so pissed because I, for the first time found it, it felt so natural. I do not want to go into the nonprofit business. It is exhausting and I don't feel like always being a beggar, but when you just said that, who do I want to help or what am I helping with that feeling that I had from that using my gift of being all over the place. And that is exactly what was needed because I didn't, it had never been done and I didn't follow a system, but that feeling I got is what I want to do more of. And so I actually haven't even thought of it. Um, since the spring that if that's the closest thing, tangible, closest tangible thing that I've gotten to the feeling that I was, that I've wanted, that I was trying to describe to you. And if I could build a business that could do it, I'd be in heaven. I don't even need to get to heaven because that's all or nothing. I just want to be able to be making a more consistent difference. It doesn't have to be bigger, a more consistent difference in more people, in more 
businesses because I'm it's the business side that I really I love to work I love business I love marketing I love I love that we all get the a lot of us get the opportunity to have our own businesses like this and it is a shame I think that people get stuck in them and don't get to realize ironically I am in the exact moment that I'm talking about for other people, but that they don't get to realize the potential of it because they're stuck. Marshall Fire Services, that was the name of the? Uh, we called it Basecamp Collective, but Marshall Fire, uh, Marshall ah. is the neighborhood where it started. Um, so Marshall Fire was the, were the fires and it hit three uh, towns, yeah. Um, What'd you get paid to do that? Not a fucking thing. How'd you? I just probably... one word answers. How'd you feel? Give me the emotions. Um, I don't know that there's an emotion positive enough. <laughs> See what you got. Um, elated, exhausted, delighted energized, scared, um, responsible, dutiful, whatever that emotion might be of feeling it was my duty to help people right around me. I'm totally blessed that I could use my superpower in that way. It was so perfectly fit and perfectly timed. It wasn't even funny. I was even shocked at the shit that was coming together. I was like, we all day, every day, we had 45 volunteers that would have a daily stand up for 10 minutes. And I wasn't the only one that left all the work I was getting paid to do to do it. But we'd have a daily meeting and everybody would be like, this is incredible, Jeff. How the hell are you doing this? What do you do for a living? Like they didn't think I worked because I was so into this. But and again, it's the helping part, not the, you know, nonprofit side of things. But it was that people didn't expect to get support and they got it and it blew them away and it just seemed like it should be happening and nobody else could figure it out and that is what drove me Makes sense. Um, it's probably a point where I give you some observations. Uh, you're a helper. You, you're wired to be helpful to people. I mean, we, we scheduled this call, um, 
to do this. And we spent the first 25 minutes helping me. Uh, and, and it wasn't planned. It's just, that's what I was and it was intentional. It wasn't by accident. You knew, you knew that before we got to you, that's what we were going to spend some time on me. Um, and, uh, and I would imagine that that is, that's not just something you do for me. That's, that's how you're wired. You, you're helpful. You're a helper. You want to, you want to help people, uh, do well and, and be well. Hmm. Um, another interesting, <laughs> hold on real quick. I want to write that down. Cause that do well and be well is amazing. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, especially when it comes to what, you know, yeah. Where, where you feel you have an opinion and it's not wrong. Yeah. Or let me say this, that you've got an opinion and you've got the confidence in believing that it's accurate. Yeah. We all yeah. can be wrong, but yeah. you've got the confidence that backs it up. Yeah. And you're willing to put your name on the line for the, for, for this type of advice. And this, that's, that's big. Um, I found it interesting that about every 40 months you need to, uh, you're, you're ready, your work, wherever, wherever you're doing your work, there is done. Um, and you're, you're just ready to, to go tackle something else. Even if it's something you've already done, you're ready. You're ready to just kind of uh, shake it up which I would imagine why when the opportunity to be somebody totally new showed itself, you were ready for that. Um, and you're ready to lay down who it was the day before to be who you were going to be later that day. You were just ready for that. Um, and that's, that's really um, admirable and good. And there again, it was your ability to help people be well. Um, that was motivating that. Um, you said something else interesting that we're not going to spend a lot of time on, but you said it three times. Hmm. And anytime somebody says something three times or something to it, and you said, I'm not a nonprofit guy. Hmm. Just think about all the things you loved about what you were doing was nonprofit work, elated, yeah. exhausted, delighted, energized, scared, responsible, delightful, blessed, everything fit. You used your superpower. Uh, you surprised people the upside and it was a challenge. That's a fucking nonprofit. So before you just go before whatever vision, <laughs> you whatever mean. you've got a nonprofit is in your head, just hold on before you just know that I found that fascinating, huh. that, uh, that that was the thing you can associate yourself with. But right. guess what? It's a, uh, there's something there. Um, and the thing that probably is most interesting to all of this, and keep in mind, I'm a dude who's talked to you now for an hour and a half today and uh, an hour last week. Um, you never mentioned to me that there was a failure. It's not like I knew anything. I just said, tell me about that failure you haven't brought up. And you didn't have to think about it. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is, but I care about how you processed it when you talked about it with me. Um, and, and you're still wearing it. I could see it. I told you that earlier. I can tell you're still wearing it. Mm. And you're going to continue to wear it until you figure out how to put it to work for you. Hmm. I've got a failure. I'm going to talk to you about it. We're going to run out of time, but so I'm not going to, but I will, I will tell you all about it. And it wasn't until I turned it into 
the thing that makes me who I am, yeah, that I could absolutely release it and not give a shit what anybody thinks about it. How they interpret it doesn't matter to me anymore. It used to. It used to keep me up. It used to keep me out of conversations. It used to fill my head. I don't care anymore. I yeah. don't. But it it's a process. It isn't until I put it to work. And then this product that's ready and these clients who you let go for, for you know, you, you let them quiet quit, I guess it'd be the buzzword, yep. but, um, and you, you don't know why, um, and you don't know why you can't put it out there. I'm going to tell you what I think, and you get the, res- you get to decide if you want to give it zero credit or more than that. Okay. I think what you're still wearing from this failure, whatever it is, is 100% the reason why you'd rather have the image of what it could be and everybody's excitement rather than actual putting it into the world to say, we're going to find out. Yeah. And it's safer and easier and it doesn't, it, it doesn't impact your image negatively to have a great idea that never gets tested, but it can impact how you think people feel about you when you let it out and it doesn't quite hit a million. And so what's easier to do? Well, let's just, let's just ah, keep working on report. We're just about there. One more ref, one more, now let's refine it one more time. And I think, I think you can, I really think that you're far enough removed. You're well enough wired. And with the freeing understanding of it might not work. But I know it's not going to work as long as we just keep talking about what it might be. But let's, it's good enough. There will be a day when you wake up and say, son of a bitch, today's the day it's good enough. Let's go try to get 10 people to use it. It's not a million, but it's 10. And it's 10 more than we've had for the last four years we've been working on it. But I think that failure and not your ego. I don't think you're an ego guy. I don't think you're an ego guy. I think you're an image guy. Yeah. Ego is for you. I don't think you walk around and say, oh, I might ego and I got, but I think like me, and I know an image guy, when I see one, I am one, what other people think I am, what other people, how other people think, uh, what other people think I do well and don't do well, what other people think I can and can't do yeah. matters. Yeah. And if you, if you don't, lay that at the door and say, my image is going to be the dude who has a product I think will be successful and it might not be, but here we go. Hmm. And, and you lead with that. And that's why I always say when you approach it with curiosity, instead of um, skepticism, that's not even the right word. But when you just say, I'm curious guys, I am curious if this is a 10, 10 customer thing, we're going to change the life of 10 people or a million people. I'm curious and let's just, let's just put it out there and then we'll make it better and refine. When you, when you approach that with your curiosity, not with preservation of image, Hmm. you'll be using this, you'll be using your superpower. Mm -hmm. um, You'll be using this, this failure in a way that's propelling you forward. Hmm. Those are my observations of our ramble, man. I very much appreciate it.
Yeah, I do think, uh, I do, I, I do know now I'm pretty confident that, like I said, it is, it's not an external thing that I've got to solve. It's what's rolling around on, you know, my, my version of these stories. And I, it feels liberating even to think of it as curiosity instead of, um, I'm going to think about what the other alternative is because it's like the guarantee of image. Like if I can't, if I can't remove all the risk, then I'm not doing it. But if I go into it with curiosity, that is the goal instead of the outcome. And yeah, um, yeah that, that definitely changes it. Because uh, there's, I have enough proof points now that of my failures and my successes and all those things coming together that, that, that people can use to their benefit. And, I'm, and I love it and I'm happy to do that. Um, but now it's a matter of at what cost. And so if I take the cost out of it or change the way I'm measuring it, um, that changes things. So hmm. aren't, aren't you curious? Oh, I'm, I am very curious, but that hasn't been part of the equation. Yeah. It, that my curiosity, I, I, I have a lot of feelings about a lot of different things, but I, put them aside. I put them in their own little place. And so, yeah, I'm super curious. Um, but that wasn't how I was entering into it to measure it. Look, I get it. Um, it's showing up to normal 40 with my curiosity is really what's propelled me. I, I would say if I wasn't curious about who this dude was, who had an opinion about who I was targeting um, in my writing, I would, you know, if I'd have been, if I would have been concerned about my image, I would have ignored it. But I was curious. I'm like, I don't know. I could have it wrong. Let's see what this guy's got. And, and I'm wrestling with it. So what do you got? And then you told me, I'm like, yeah, I've been thinking about that. Let's hop on a call because I was curious. Are you, uh, are you going to, show up with something. I mean, I was curious. I, why wonder why even prognosticate? Let's just do it and see what happens. And it led to the first call. It's led to this call. And it's, it's not, I'm not doing it for money because we're doing it for free. I'm not doing it um, to improve my image or tarnish it. I'm just showing up curious to see what happens. And so much of what I do is that. Yeah. Um, right now in, in this phase. So just quit letting, quit building it up. I don't even know what it is other than a product you, 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 um, that has a reputation and, uh, before it's even launched, it's got an internal reputation and, uh, internal potential. And just be curious about if the potential is real or not. And take off the pressure of this is how, if it's not successful, I'm going to feel the way I did what it six means. years ago. Yeah. You're not. 
fuck yeah. that. You're not. Even, even if it does 10%, you're not going to feel that way. Yeah. You didn't build it the same way. You built it being the you you are today. Yeah. Not the you you were 15 years ago to have the failure you had six years ago. And so just go launch the son of a bitch. I'm going to be curious all day today. I've got, I'm getting together with the two people that I've mentioned to you a few times that are in that small percentage. We're getting together for a couple hours to catch up and haven't seen each other in a little while. So the opportunity to be curious today, not just about the marketing stuff and the business, but just to talk that way and practice being that, um, I get to do it all day. So I'm pretty psyched, but, uh, I appreciate it. I, uh, I've got lots of notes here on it and I think I will do a little, a little dabble in the curiosity of it and see, see what happens. Yeah, man. The easier uh, part is to come up with all the reasons why not to, instead of, you know, I mean, I've got a long list of those. I even just thought of two more, but the better thing will be to just try just start and, Start someplace. Start, man. Well, everyone, that's a wrap on this episode of Normal 40, the podcast. Um, I want to thank Jeff Donaldson. Um, that, I, I, I think it's just so awesome that Jeff, Jeff's story isn't unique. I want to be clear. Jeff's story and what he's going through is not unique. In fact, I'm creating an entire company around Normal 40, and I call it normal because we all go through something at some point in our life, and it tends to be around midlife that we go through this awkward phase of, of angst and struggle and pressure and trying to feel our way through what it is we are here to do next. Jeff just had the courage to let me share a story. I talk to people every single week who have stories very similar to Jeff, but not all of them want their story story told. And I don't blame them. Two years ago, I wouldn't want my story told either. But Jeff, Jeff and his ability to show up curious, to ask the good questions, and for his uh, willingness to be as vulnerable as he's being uh, is going to be helpful to all of us. So look, I want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank you for listening. Next week or in the weeks to come, we'll probably do one more episode with Jeff and with Adam. And we're going to get an update you know, fast forward six months, where, where are we at now? What's going on? What's Jeff up to? Uh, what's still a problem? And what is he working on to, uh, to, to get clarity on his second half story? So look, thanks for being here. I want to remind you, I am just kicking off. We've got one out so far, Normal 40, The Rambler, my newsletter, which contains exactly zero news, is coming to inboxes all over right now. Just go to my website, normal40.com and sign up uh, for Normal 40, The Rambler. These are letters from me to you. This is uh, in my early days. I'm writing about, I'm sharing the letters I wrote to myself. Letters that were probably written where I was right where you are now. Sign up for them and they will arrive right in your inbox. The other thing that I'm really putting a lot of effort into is Normal 40, The Insider. This is a community off of LinkedIn, off of social media, you can find it on my website. Go to community at the top of the page. And it might be the best $25 you spend this entire year. Hop in there. Join us. There's a there's a small group of us in there. You don't, don't bother with your title. That doesn't matter right now. Uh, just show up as you are, where you are. 
And what I'm teaching in there is how to get started. You're not going to go through a process that's going to lead you to a second half story in there. That's not what it's for, but it's to give you a community, a self, a safe place to talk to people who are right where you're at. And it's to give you a home, a place to share. And it's a place that I show up in a lot. I'm there several times a week. I'm doing live drop-ins. I'm engaging with people. And that's a great place for us to stay connected. You're going to meet a lot of people just like you in there. And I hope to see you on The Insider. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. And I hope to see all of you right here next time. If this is a podcast you liked, please share it. Please like it. The only way, the only possible way I reach the next dude who needs me, the next dude who needs a normal 40 story, the next dude who needs some inspiration and motivation to, to chase it is when you show up to share it. All right, man. I'm going to see all of you on the next page. I'm going to see all of you on the Rambler. And I hope to see some of you on the inside.